Welcome to Calling an Audible, our third episode of Season 2. I'm Greg Johnson, along here with my co-host Zach Greenberg. And today we are going to highlight the NBA trade deadline, which occurred yesterday. The WNBA, as there's been some news about Maya Moore. We have our special rivalry segment today, along with our wacky sports update at the tail end. But today we're going to start off with our Super Bowl recap and see how we fared on the prop bet. So, Zach, would you like to, you know, give us the update on how everything went to the Super Bowl? Well, so the uh, Super Bowl this year was, uh, to most and to Twitter, to a lot of people, uh, seemed to be a disappointment I compared thought, to past years. I thought it was great, but that's just me. Uh, yeah, and I, I would actually agree with you. I think it was a great defensive and greatly coached game. There wasn't a lot of offense, but, you know, football is not always about offense. And as of, as of late, you know, it might seem that way with all the heavy, heavy pass offenses that we see more and more of nowadays, but... Yeah, not every game is going to be like Patrick Mahomes. Right, and and you're looking at two extremely good coaches in Sean McVay and Bill Belichick. So, you know, Bill Belichick out-schemed him and showed showed Sean McVay, kind of put him in his place, yeah. I think. Showed him and, his dad. Yeah, basically. That's probably a good 30-year age difference between the two yeah, of them. McVay even recognized that, yeah, Bill Belichick out-coached me in the Super Bowl. Yeah, he absolutely did, and which most people expected. Both of us yeah. expected your... Your um, prediction was 34-27, It right? was. And mine was 34-24. So I, we both went way too high. I had 31-27. 31-27? Yeah. So we, we both highballed, but, you know, most people did as well. But at least I got the margin correct. You were right, yeah. They won by 10 points. No one would have guessed 13-3 compared to your 34-24. But, you know, with that being said, it... I, the Rams were, what, the second highest scoring offense behind the Chiefs? Yep. The Patriots, I think they're hovering around 20 points a game. I mean, we both knew going in the defenses were going to have their work cut out for them. We didn't think they'd actually show up. Yeah. I personally both didn't. Both of them showed up. And or both offenses didn't. <laughs> that, there's a point to be made there or an argument for another day. But, but I think I think the Patriots' offense was pretty productive. You know, Julian Edelman had... <laughs> Ten Over catches, hundred forty some yards. Yeah, on twelve on twelve targets, and you know he he played good enough to win MVP. First yeah, like first Jewish player to win MVP, by the way, if I might add. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's important milestone in history. Very, very good, very important milestone. He'll probably be the last one too. You know, or unless there, he wins it again, he could win it again. He very very well might win it again. All, <laughs> all Brady Belichick are back next year, and so is he. So. As long as they're in the mix, they're going to be a top seed to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. But I do want to point out that my touchdown prediction was correct, even though it was in the third quarter and not the first quarter. It was a Zoni Michelle mm-hmm. run up the middle into the end zone. Right, and I had I had picked Gronk to score the first touchdown of the game, and he was stopped at the <laughs> one-yard line so Sony Michelle could score. So, yep. you know, good for you for winning that one. But... um. We both uh, definitely got the MVP wrong. We both got MVP wrong. We both got uh, Gatorade color wrong. It was blue, yeah. and I um, believe I said it was yellow, and you and said, I said orange. it was orange. And um, I was very, very disappointed with the halftime performance. They yeah. did not play "Sweet Victory" by no, SpongeBob. That was th- they teased everybody in the whole world with that halftime show with the with this little spongebob cameo they did everybody was expecting that episode to be played or at least that halftime show to be played in full 
I thought but it would they be. showed nothing. I wasn't exactly expecting Maroon 5 or anyone to sing it. Ugh. But no, when they started I, the intro, I was like... They should have just played that clip. I would have been fine with that. Every Everybody in the world would have loved it. And it would have been a perfect tribute to the late Stephen Hillenburg. But they went a different route and just had Squidward introduce... Travis Scott. Yeah, and Sicko Mode. Who, who eventually ended up falling off the stage during a Maroon 5 bit. Did you see that? I saw him crowd dive. I didn't see yeah, him. Yeah, he crowd off the dived stage. and then he also fell off the stage while Maroon Five was out there. So that like explained, completely fell off the stage. So that explains why his part was cut like yeah. a song short. Exactly. But that that's actually kind of funny that that happened because I was trying to figure out like Travis Scott had one song that was it. Yeah, you'd think you would have more, but you know the thing with this, the halftime show is just it's such a short period of time. Well, it's what fifteen minutes this year. Yeah, and and you I, have. Three three acts, so the the main people, Maroon Five, are for sure going to get the most songs. Oh well, yeah, because if they're the highlighter, or headliner, but yeah, I was just thinking back, like to past Super Bowls, and I swear that the special guest to the main singer or the main group, mm-hmm. they sing more than just a couple songs. I mean, Big Boy had yeah. his one song. Well, usually I don't think that they have three people, and I, I don't I doubt Travis Scott or Big Boy would have been there if Cardi B would have had agreed to to yeah. go. But, but the entire Colin Kaepernick thing. But yeah, stupid, but whatever. It is what it is. Um, so. so it brings up the question, do you, after this game, that puts Julian Edelman second all-time in playoff receiving yards at 1,412. No. And that puts him ahead of the likes of Hall of Famer Michael Irvin, Hall of Famer Andre Reid, Hall of Famer Fred Boletnikoff, and future Hall of Famer Heinz Ward, and future Hall of Famer Reggie Wayne. So do you think that this makes him Hall of Fame worthy You have to after lo- this performance? You have to look at it two different ways. One, he was a non-scholarship quarterback at, I think, Kent State, yep. if I remember right. And he gets drafted in the seventh round as the quote-unquote next Wes Welker, mm-hmm. which he's, by God, he's lived up to that. And then lived some. past that. Yeah, Wes Welker is really good, but Julian Edelman's like a whole different breed. Yeah. I mean, having Tom Brady as a quarterback, you're you're going to go to the playoffs and you're going to have huge games. It's not hard to accomplish that milestone. But you also got to realize you still have to catch the ball and you still have to make the moves. I mean, the entire Super Bowl performance, he caught like five-yard passes from Tom Brady and like got like six yards after the reception. Yeah. I mean, he's, it's not to say he didn't work for those yards. I mean, yeah, he's a shoo-in for the Hall of Fame just because he's just – unbelievable playoffs he shows up the man comes and does work the only question is is like how baseball has their thing against peds will edelman be black marked for that being he missed the first four games i doubt it i i hope not you know his regular season numbers have been average at best but his playoff numbers have been pretty crazy and with three super bowl titles or yeah, three I feel Super like Bowl the titles. more championships you win, the uh, faster you're in the Hall of Fame. Right, and you you're gonna hate me for saying this, and so are you, James. But uh, I think that I personally think that Julian Edelman is far better than Adam Thielen, and I know you guys will both hate to hear that, but <laughs> that is my bold take on uh, you know because they're they're both pretty comparable possession receivers. Yeah, not big scoring threats, but you they're, know Thielen, y- they're Thielen, yardage guys. Thielen Thielen has had. You know, quite an incredible past two seasons. You got to think about uh, it, though. Edelman's been in the league for like six years now. No longer. Longer? Like 10. 10 years? Yeah. And Thielen didn't get on the. Yeah, Thielen's world got a lot of potential. He absolutely does. And Thielen's he's been relevant the for like two years. 
Because yeah, I'd say I'd say three years where he's been putting up something. Because he was not drafted. He signed on the practice squad, spent a year in the practice squad, came to the Vikings on special teams only. He did some returning, and he then he started seeing some. Then he saw, like, not three, last years, year, three yeah. years ago, he had, like, like 20 Decent catches numbers. and 300, 400 yards. Right. Then, like, last year, which was his contract year, he put went up. crazy. Yeah, he just went psycho and just and decided to play really well. went crazy again this year, but... I mean, not crazy enough to take him to a championship. <laughs> Give him five years and see what happens, and we can come back maybe when we have different jobs and aren't when the amateur curse is podcast over. guys. When the curse is over? I'll be honest. The, it's hard to say it, but I don't see the Vikings winning a Super Bowl in the next five years. You said 50? Five. Oh, next five. Sorry, next 50 or no? I misheard you. I give him more credit to that. What they should do is draft a quarterback. Well, it's if, not like it's been 53 years since they've won anything. And but. it's not like Tom Brady has more Super Bowl rings than Vikings do Super Bowl appearances. <laughs> I mean, that's also. <laughs> that is so true. But you, I mean, that's going to happen when Tom Brady goes to nine Super Bowls and wins six of them. I think Belichick has like eight rings. Well, speaking of Belichick, what do you think uh, is going to be the future of Gronk, Brady, and Belichick? Brady has already said that he's going to be returning next season, and he'll he'll stay true to that. But you yeah. know, Gronk, he's uh, basically done his prime. He he played very well in the Super Bowl and in the AFC Championship, but you could see that he's pretty battered and bruised and. He's, he's even said himself that he doesn't know how worth it it is for him anymore. He's accomplished what any NFLer wants to accomplish, and he's done it three times. He's I'm won assuming the three ult- Super Bowls. That's the ultimate goal for anyone that plays in any sport is yeah. to win it all. And he's, he's ninth all-time in playoff receiving yards. He, he's a shoe-in for the Hall of Fame, too. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's revolution- one of the tight ends ever. He's revolutionized the tight end. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone just... They used to be like the jumbo package where you bring in two of them and they just have extra blockers, and no one ever thought of them as huge, gigantic pass catchers. Yeah. And then to do what he did where no one can tackle him unless they go low. I mean, the, the thing he's done for the sport is just unreal. And after the Super Bowl, he, his quad was like four times the size of a normal one. Granted that he's a large man already. Yeah. But the bigger they are, the harder they fall. Mm-hmm. And with him, he took a nice. He's taken sh- a lot of beatings in his career. He's had he's had surgeries injuries. on his arm. He's had surgeries on his knees, his back before leaving yeah. the NFL. I mean, yeah, he's it's got to take a toll not only physically but yeah. mentally on you because you you're definitely you know even if you're a player like that, you know how easily you can get hit and how easily you can get hurt. Mm-hmm. It's going to restrict you from playing to your best of your abilities because you know there's always that mental block. You know I'm. Any hit might take me down for the next year. Well, exactly. I mean, he's a doctor's worst nightmare when you look at the history of his injuries. But one thing that was mentioned was how do players adjust to life after, you know, the NFL? A lot of people are saying he's going to go to Hollywood, be like the next Rock, oh, yeah. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Oh, yeah. He's for sure going to do movies, he, I think. And the question, he's been taking, like, acting lessons, too. Yeah. So with that, he's... He's already preparing. He's already preparing. He's been smart with his money. Yeah, he's been smart with his money. He's been living off endorsement checks and been banking his paychecks from Mm -hmm. the Patriots. So he's he's setting himself up for a successful life afterwards. It's just when you retire at the age of thirty from playing in the NFL for ten years or eight or whatever how long he's been in the league. It's been ten. It's yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he's he's he got drafted at twenty. So the only question is. Is he going to go crazy? 
not no. not like CTSC or anything. I like think that, that I think that he'll be fine because he's already sat on the bench so much with all of his injuries that. But he's always been around people. Yeah. When you retire, you're kind of like doing your own thing. I right. Mean, if he was married and I, had kids, that'd be one thing. But I'm pretty I sure think, he's still a bachelor. I think with, with his with his personality, he's not going to have a problem because nope. he in the off season he doesn't have a problem, and just the way he is, he. You know, he's perceived as the life of the party. He's always he's always got a smile on his face. He's always doing something. A lot of his teammates said when he got drafted to where he is now, he's not changed. Right. Yeah. No. He's, and he's, he's still, himself, and he yeah. everybody loves Gronk. So, and we'll see. Well, I guess we'll see where what comes of it. And I think he's he's really tied to Tom Brady. I honestly think they'll retire together. Yeah. I say Tom Brady's got two years max left. If. I mean, in, this system, in op- this system, Tom's got five years left. You think so? He he doesn't get hit. They protect him so well, and he just has to throw the ball eight yards. And his receivers got like twenty yards, right? Out. And they right. get all the yards after catch. It's like a match Tom made Brady in can play in this league for another another five years as long as the Patriots can. Protect He's gonna be him. like the Jerome, or not? But the one Miller. one big hit could end Jeremy his career. Of NHL, uh, but as long as they keep him healthy and keep him safe. There's no reason why Tom Brady should stop playing football, and I think he realizes that himself because he's just going to keep collecting checks. That really makes it hard for Belichick to start preparing for the future because right. after the entire Tom Jimmy, Brady could Jimmy have ten, Garoppolo 10, 10 Super situation. Bowls when he's done. That would just – he'd probably be the best ever live but if he did that. People already say he is, but we're going to move on to uh, some NBA trade deadline news. And to start, we'll uh, talk about uh, Anthony Davis and how he didn't uh, – he didn't get dealt by the Pelicans, even after all of this speculation over the past couple of weeks after he there, requested a trade. There was an article published and by some credible NBA analysis people, such as like Adrian Wojnarowski and Michael Rappaport. But the interesting tidbit of that was the Pelicans had no interest whatsoever in trading him to the Lakers specifically because mm-hmm. they just wanted to screw over the the Lakers teammates, Lonzo, Kuzma, Ingram. And their chemistry. Yeah. And their chemistry, which worked. Absolutely Because worked. after that trade rumor of the Lakers are going to trade the farm for Anthony Davis, they lost by 42 to the Pacers without, you know, Victor And, and LeBron was, was playing. And LeBron that, was playing. That was his yeah. worst loss of his career. Yeah. So that literally was their ultimate goal was just, okay, so if you want Anthony Davis that bad, here's what they offered to have him trade us. And we're just going to tell everyone, mm-hmm. and now everyone's going to start hating each other, not trusting their superiors. Right, and, and it's smart. Like the the Pelicans are sitting thirteenth in the Western Conference right now. They're but not too far out. The, of no, it. they're only six games back of of the eight seed, who's held by Los Angeles. And they're like and what two games under five hundred? Yeah, the, it, yeah, it's it's very close. You know, there's other teams like the Kings in there, but it's I think all the within Timberwolves six, are like. Four games back. Right, and it's all, it's, all, it's all within less than 10 games with over half a season left. There's lots of time for the Pelicans to, you know, if, you know, Anthony Davis plays this season, we don't know if he's going to. Uh, I heard that he might. Well, just, he's, he, the, the thing is, he's fully healthy now. Is he? Now, and as of the trade deadline, they were just sitting, sitting him before they were going to potentially trade him. Yeah. But now he's fully healthy and he hasn't been traded, so... You know he might go out and play basketball again, or he might be like play make like Kawhi Leonard and just sit on the bench. I but, mean, if you don't like your team that much, might as well. I mean, you're not going to hurt your draft stock or not your draft stock, your trade stock, no. because AD's a franchise player. Right, he absolutely is. I mean, he's he's a generational center talent. Don't get right. me wrong. 
It's and, just can you stay healthy, which is a question, big question for like every team. And this summer it'll be, it'll be interesting to see whether you know if his. I think his, it'll be a draft day move. Right. Well, it could it could be around that time, but it could it well free agency doesn't start until July. I want to say July first. Yeah. Yeah. Same as hockey. Yeah, it's right around the same time. So. It's interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see whether he, you know, goes to one of the LA teams. If he goes to New York, who just cleared out all of their cap space, uh, the Clippers cleared that out all of their cap space. That is a market he said he was interested in, but the Knicks don't have anyone to trade for him. No, they don't. Other than Dennis Smith Jr. De- Dennis Smith Jr. They're literally DeAndre Jordan, who's already been in LA, but he's a free agent to be. I think, if I remember right. That's that's highly possible, but they also have picks they can get rid of too. Yeah. But you know, n- none of those are quite as enticing as the Knicks. Literally, aren't gonna fix themselves in the draft. They're shooting for free agency. They want KD and AD, right? Which well, you no, know, I don't fault them for that. It's just for the question me, is, are they actually gonna get? For them? me, a lot of people call me crazy for saying this, and I've talked to you know a couple other guys about this, but I think that the team that has the best chance of getting him is the Los Angeles Clippers not the Lakers. And I think this because the, in the past couple of days, they, they traded their best player with, in Tobias Harris to Philadelphia. Yep. And in that trade, they got uh, a first-round pick from Miami, unprotected, and another first-round pick on top of that, as well as a few, like, might as well say it. Throw-in players. Uh, Throw-in irrelevant players. And they're just, just to fill up their roster. So with that move, the Clippers have... They don't have much to offer, but other than f- picks. So this summer they've cleared enough cap space to uh, to sign two superstar max contracts, and that could be in terms of Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, Kemba Walker, uh, Kyrie Irving. They're all free agents coming this summer, so they can get two of them, and they have enough space to pick up Davis's contract as well. So if they if they can find a way to trade for him with, you know, offering these low-level players and maybe four or five first-round picks, they can get Anthony Davis and two superstars, and I think that would be enough for Anthony Davis to want to sign there long-term. Well, one of the markets he was interested in also was the Clippers, so it's not out of the question. Right. The dude wants to be in LA. It's not. The only problem is the Clippers don't have a lot to offer for him other than picks. All I can say is the NBA teams should not do the route the Lakers did for Paul George and wait because we saw how that worked. Right. And on top of that, the Clippers are projected to have a top three pick in the draft this year. If if, if after that, losing all of these guys, their their yeah, they just their projected much, record they, is has plummeted. They took the 76ers trust the process route. Right. Get top and five picks three. So years they in could a row. definitely get RJ Barrett or Zion Williamson, have two superstars, and get Anthony Davis. Potentially I think it would be very difficult for them to do it, but they can't keep that pick if they want Anthony Davis. I'm just that's just real. Yeah, that is true. They probably won't be able no. to keep that pick. If they have a top three pick, that's there's gonna be no questions. But asked you know, even if they don't go and get Anthony Davis, they have enough room for Kawhi Leonard, K D and Zion Williamson. K D ain't going to the Clippers. Probably not. I think he's gonna go Kawhi to New York. Might but I don't know. I don't know if Katie would go to. I think I think he'll say he'll stay with the the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, I, may, he, he's may, not leave. I think he might leave. Why would he leave? Because he so he can do it on his own, which didn't work with Russ. No, but he could go somewhere else, like like New York, and who who also has enough cap space to get another cap 
get an, they're in the same a similar situation as the Clippers where they have enough space to get two max contracts and are projected to have a top three pick. So that would entice, as, as well as the New York market, would be enough to entice me to play there personally. So I'd love to see, but you I'm not play. Anthony Davis or Kevin Durant. I've seen so. you shoot around in the gym, man. That's yeah. something to watch, and I'm not saying that pleasantly. Yeah, <laughs> not not very good at basketball. I would, I, I prefer curling. But um, to move <laughs> on to fun, another another trade in the uh, that happened at the trade deadline, the Raptors made a big move after you know following the 76ers move, uh, and they acquired uh, Mark Gasol from the Grizzlies in exchange for pretty much nothing. Yeah, not much. Jonas Valanciunas, who are, second round pick. who's just coming back from injury, and DeLon Wright, CJ Miles, some you know. That's, yeah, like I said, a second rounder. Yeah, they, that's a steal. They also traded Greg Monroe too to clear yeah. cap space for Marcus Aldridge. Mm-hmm. And the Raptors you know, are relevant again. How they about are, that? They, well, they, well, they've they, been relevant. They've but been relevant. They might actually do something in the playoffs. No, so. yeah. Now I think that. How they, do you feel about that? They put well, yeah. That that's my that's my favorite team or one of them at least. So they, I think that Marcus All is another piece that they can use to help them go to the NBA championship and they you know they have uh Pascal Siakam and uh Serge Ibaka as well in there so that's a good front court rotation that they have for the three of them and you know their backcourt's already loaded with you know Kawhi Leonard and, and Kyle Lowry and yep. Danny Green so Fred they, they're definitely, definitely I think that they're the team to beat in the east you think even so? even over Philadelphia and over Boston well Boston they've came down to earth after the entire situation last year. Right. With yeah, Kyrie going out and then. Yeah. I Terry think Boston's Rozier better without Kyrie, to be honest with you. I think Kyrie needs to get the hell out of there. But You think so? But to be honest, I think Kyrie's also could, can be a cancer at times. But I think he's done yeah. a little bit of growing up. He's done so. some, but it was really interesting to see how different the team was run under Terry Rozier compared to Kyrie Irving. Especially with Gordon Hayward out, too. It's... They almost played better without their two max contract guys. Yeah. But then did you also see that the trade between the Pistons, Bucks, and Pelicans? Yeah, that was that was another three team deal that uh Thon Maker goes from the Bucks to the Pistons, Pelicans got Stanley Johnson from the Pistons, and Jason Smith from the Bucks, and the Bucks got Nicola Muradic. Which is the key piece of this trade. That and, was the main thing. And yeah. that just adds some more depth for the Bucks to try and, you know, continue the success and be the team that comes out of the East. Whatever team comes out to the East is going to lose to the Warriors no matter what. So it, yeah. doesn't, it doesn't really matter. But, you know, <laughs> it, it, all these teams in the East are going to make a push. And, you know, if something crazy happens in the NBA Finals, something crazy happens. But, you know, it's hard to – it's hard to – it's hard to be the Golden State Warriors four times in a two-week span. So. Yeah, especially how good they are. But we'll see how that happens, especially with free agency this year, if KD does decide to leave. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how they retool and regroup. So moving on, there's some other national headline news that we're going to quickly cover here is LeVar Ball stating that the LeBron James-led Lakers will not win a championship if Lonzo Ball gets traded. In order for them to win yeah. a championship, he has to be on that team. Yeah, LeVar Ball, again, he's just, he's just he hasn't been in the news in a while. Which is he, he's good just got to say something to get. Be relevant yet know, again. To be relevant for a little bit. And LeBron James doesn't care what he has to say. His own son really doesn't care what he has to say. And neither does Luke Walton or the rest of the Lakers. So, 
Any, anything, Le, you know, LeVar Ball is a very successful businessman and started that amateur league that, but... That's a total flop, though. But pretty much when it comes to saying stuff about his, his kid and he's pretty irrelevant, Lonzo's a, gr- a grown man and he can make, make his, his own, own decisions yep. and speak for himself. So pretty much, he doesn't need daddy to hold his hand through life anymore. Exactly, that's what he's got agents for. But I'm pretty sure daddy's also his agent. Probably. But that being said, so we're gonna touch on the WNBA here for a little bit. And Maya Moore has recently come out on an article on the Players Tribune, where she directly stated that she will not be playing professional basketball this year, and she wanted to. And I quote, my focus in 2019 will not be on professional basketball, but will instead be on the family, on the people in my family, as well as on investing my time in some ministry dreams that have been stirring in my heart for many years. What do you feel about that? You know, if that's what she wants to do, like, she's not getting paid much in the WNBA. So, like, yeah, what, what, what's taking a year off of basketball to go, you know, pursue something that you want to do? So, I, you know, I don't fault her for it, you know. It, if you're, you know, in the NBA and relying on that as your income, then, but, you know, she's not... Well, most WNBA players also play in the Chinese league right. during the offseason. But, but regardless, they're not, they're not making... No, they're... They're not making anywhere near what NBA players They make, like, making. what, 50000 a year if... Right, yeah. That's probably one of the bigger contracts. Yeah, that's probably a top-notch contract, which, you know, it's... It's sad to say that, but... Yeah, it's just there's not... They're as, professionals. They should be paid, but... They should be paid, but there's not... There's uh, not the revenue for there, it. There's no revenue, and there's not a high demand for women's basketball, and that's just the sad reality of the Not saying they don't the put in the work, but, you know, they're they're equally as talented. It's just there's not a market for it, like you said. So I'm all supportive of it, but it's just... At the end of the day, God doesn't sign your paychecks. I mean, Absolutely. I'm fully in support of people following their faith by any means. But when it comes to business decisions, I mean, she could be very well set with her endorsements, so money probably isn't a matter. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, the reality of it is that, so. Well, good for my more, and we Absolutely. wish her the best. But um, moving on to our rivalry segment, we haven't touched on the rivalry segment since our first episode of this season. Uh we're just going to talk a little Packers-Vikings because, you know, it's the off season now. We, f- we figured that it'd be a good time to, you know, maybe give them a little bit of coverage when they're not being covered as much. Yeah, off season is a little bit of a dead area, but, you know, it's still good to talk about it. So anything, what's going on with the Vikings? Well, they recently decided to hire a new offensive line coach, which hopefully works out. He was under Gary Kubiak's staff for a little bit when they won the Super Bowl with Peyton Manning. So hopefully that is going to work out. His name is Rick Dennison. He's offense line coach slash run game coordinator. Coordinator. So I I think it'll work out. I mean, it's I hate that title. I just think that title is so stupid. Run game coordinator. It's like what are you really doing instead of a running back coach? Like you're not calling plays. You're just the offensive line coach, really. And maybe a little bit of a running, but run game coordinator. Well, when you already have an offensive coordinator, that doesn't make much sense to me. We but. don't. We don't have an r- offensive coordinator. Kevin Stefanski is no different than John DeFilippo. I honestly, personally, I think it was a bad decision keeping him. Mm-hmm. I think the Vikings. 
my goal is to have the Vikings get Adam Gaze, who got fired by the Dolphins, but he quickly snatched up that Jets job, which yeah. I think they're actually going to be a competitive team two, three years from now. Yeah, I, I think Adam Gase is a good coach as well, but, uh, you know, he's had the bad luck of having an injury-prone Ryan Tannehill his whole time in Miami. Which so. I heard the Dolphins are going to cut him and start new. They're gonna. I mean, at this rate, I used to think Ryan Tannehill was, and I think he still could be one of a, a top quality quarterback in the NFL if he could stay healthy. But yeah. health is a big problem for some quarterbacks, and you know that might be might be it. the last we've seen of Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, but as the Vikings brought in Gary Kubiak as like a advisor slash the official title for Gary Kubiak is new assistant head coach and offensive advisor. So he brought in a lot of his holdovers from other teams he coached with which he brings uh, obviously a championship caliber mentality to a team that desperately needs it because we haven't had a championship team since umd men's hockey and also the minnesota lynx that's, that's true. the last time we actually had success in minnesota so well and some other packers news uh oh, great the the pa- aaron Rodgers came out and said uh about an hour and a half ago that uh he wants Green Bay to have a game in London. Um, Green Bay has never played a game in London, and probably never will. And and they probably never will, and it's for good reason. It's uh, and you know Rogers talked about how the um, the Lambeau Field for all home games is going to be sold out for the next thirty years already. So the Packers are, aren't going to be able to give up a home game to go over to London. And then he also talked about how well the Packers travel. Um, and other teams won't want to give up one of their home games to play the Packers when the stands are going to be filled with Packers fans. How are so many cheeseheads in London? I don't understand. I that. don't know. I follow this Instagram account called uh, Packers UK, though, and there, oh, there's a fair God. amount of Packers fans out there. But, um, Those poor our, people. I feel but sorry our, for our producer made a good point when talking before the show. He talked about uh, how in when the NFL goes to London, people are really going out there to, you know, go to go to the NFL because the NFL is in town and it's not really necessarily about what teams are playing. You yeah. know, obviously you'd be more inclined to go if, you're, if your team is playing, but a lot of NFL fans are just out there because the NFL is in London. I kind of caught on to that when the Browns played over in the UK and London. I forget when it was a couple of years ago. And there's people wearing Browns jerseys. They clearly did not know. And I do not fault them for that as their love of life is soccer, which fair enough. Yeah, just a different culture over it, there. When I was over people. there, when I was over there, I went to a, a rugby game in Ireland, and and the culture there, like I didn't know what was going on. I didn't really know any of the players or the rules for that matter. I, I brushed up on them a little and asked some of the, you know, the the guys next to me, but they couldn't really give me a very coherent response. So <laughs> I, uh, so I. You know, it's definitely a different culture over there in Europe. But uh, any way the NFL can, you know, make their way into that market, I think is a good thing. And I think it'd be a good thing for the Packers to get a chance to go over there, even if it, you know, might be detrimental to another team. Okay, publicity is publicity. But moving on, we're going to cover quickly just some uh, around campus sports news. Uh, Tonight, both the men's and women's team will go, women's basketball teams will go against MSU Mankato. Uh, women at 5.30, men at 7.30, and that's at home here in Crookston. Uh, tomorrow, the men and women will both be in action against Concordia St. Paul uh, at 3.30 and 
the softball team uh, is in action in Minot uh, under a dome on the football field Ooh. against both Minot and Black Hill State at 11 and 1, uh, respectively. And the tennis team will be playing at UMD on Saturday at 2.30. That's good to hear. And to finish up and wrap up our segment today, we're going to do a little bit of, it's not really a wacky sport topic, but it's kind of relevant to what happened was when the two captains of the NBA teams, LeBron James and Giannis Adekwenempo, or <laughs> Nice try, but we'll go with it. <laughs> we're, no, one's, no one's ever going to know it. Only he knows it. And there's a little segment when they're drafting. Shaq asked him, how do you even pronounce your last name? And He's like Giannis, Giannis Anadakumpo, Anadakumpo, Giannis Anadakumpo, Anadakumpo. Yeah, but he's <laughs> it's like, something like he, that. and he's like, I understand it's hard for you to say that, so just call me Superman. Fair enough. Hey, and uh, I was just talking about when I was in Ireland, but when I was in Greece, uh, I was walking down the streets in Athens, and they treat him like he's like a Greek god out there. Like if oh, you walk down yeah. the streets there, he's just jerseys hanging everywhere. You see his picture, like. That man is like a god to people. Doesn't he have a couple brothers in the NBA? Yeah, he has a brother who's on the Mavericks. He doesn't play very much, but uh, you know he, he's very young. So yeah. we'll we'll see where he can go. He could be Greek freak 2.0. That'd be good for the country of Greece. But yeah, then basically the point of the article was is that when LeBron drafted AD, he drafted AD and KD and Kyrie Irving. Yep, and then he traded <laughs> Russ for Ben Simmons. Yeah. Which that yeah, is probably a actually a pretty good trade. But he joked with LeBron that that's tampering for drafting AD. Yeah. And he's like LeBron's like, ah no, tampering doesn't apply to the All Star game. Yeah. But in reference to well, the entire re- Well LeBron tampering. says what goes, so Yeah, because LeBron runs the NBA. He absolutely does. Good luck getting the finals this year, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, actually have to go through Golden State before you get to the finals. It'll be tough. But uh, thanks for joining us here on our third episode of the season. Just a reminder, you can now find us on iTunes, YouTube, and YouTube under Calling an Audible, and on our Twitter account at CallAudiblePod. On behalf of Greg and myself, au revoir, shalom, and have a great weekend. Calling an Audible is made possible through the assistance of the University of Minnesota Crookston Media Services Department and executive producer James Pogachnik. The views expressed on Calling an Audible are not necessarily the views of the University of Minnesota Crookston or its affiliates.